The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. I am Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm here with my co-host, Lauren Deller-Blake, as usual, on Wednesday mornings, 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Pacific time. And if you want to talk to Lauren or me anytime during the show, you can call us. Our guest call-in number is 866-472-5787. 866-472-5787, and if you want to email me, and I think I did get some emails last week. I've got piles. I have 850 emails that I have. Wow. One of my, um, what do you call it, my uh, email addresses, and, of course, Lauren gave out my <laughs> private email address last week to the world. Thank you, Lauren. But this have any one, <laughs> this is kzox at nycap.rr.com, uh, not the other one. So, and so I want to know, did you get any emails in the other one? I get that one. Yes, I did. You know, I get a lot of advertising and stuff like that. That's what happens. You know, people who want to sell you stuff and everything. Right, right, when right. You hear it, it's like, and then you just have to eliminate it. Nothing really great, just, just advertising stuff. But I want you to advertise because I, you're doing a teleclass with, um, when is it? Uh, next Tuesday with Michael Lozier, Law of Attraction. Yeah. So do you want to talk about that? Is there any room left for anybody to... Uh, there are some spots. We only take 100 people, and I think we're at 75. So we have spots left, but we have another almost full week. So that's usually when most of the people sign up. So we cut off at 100 because our teleclass line, we have to, we have to find a new teleclass company. Our teleclass line only allows 100 people to sign in at once. All right, so tell, I mean, there are people out there who don't know who he is, well, Law of Attraction. Law of Attraction, everybody, I think everybody knows Law of Attraction, like yeah. the secret and, you know, your, what you think about matters, what you talk about matters, because it just has, it, it creates an energy in the world, and it, you then attract that exact energy right back to you. So that's what he's going to talk about, and specifically he's talking about um, attracting the right clients. Yeah. Oh, so he's getting real specific about business because it's he also is. you also can be attitude too. You wake up in the morning and if you are, are happy and you have good energy, you'll attract good energy. If you wake up and you're depressed and you're <laughs> sad and you're saying nasty things to your partner, then that's what you're going to attract, right? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So okay, good. So that's give us the date again. Uh, the fourteenth at ten o'clock Central Time, eleven o'clock Eastern. So if anybody wants to sign up for that, what do they do? Go to my website. Um, you know, that's a great question. I, the best thing to do is to sign up for our newsletter, and then in the next couple of weeks, we're going to, next couple of days, we're going to be doing one more invitation to that, and that's how people can sign up. They have to be invited to sign up. So okay. to sign up, get on our newsletter, and you'll get an invitation in the next couple of days. Okay, great. Thanks. I forgot, because I wanted to mention that last week, and I forgot. But anyway, we have on the show today, we just have one guest, Lauren. I don't know. We'll have her for uh, one second if... Well, not now, but in a, about 15 minutes, she's going to come on the show. And she's been on before. Do you remember her, Amy Tiemann? I do. 
author of Mojo Mom, and this is no, she's kind of updated, I think, this book, Mojo Mom, Nurturing Yourself While Raising a Family, uh-huh. which is really important That's for women. That's a good topic. Yeah. I mean, we're not on the women's channel anymore, but uh, we still just can't seem to get away from women's issues, can we? Well, they're everywhere. They I mean, are. It's, I mean, it's a very important they're... topic right now. In our world, I really believe our world dynamics about, between, not between men and women, but about how women are functioning in our world are really changing. Therefore, it affects men. So I don't, I don't think it's just a women's issue. I think it's a, it's a world issue. It is. So whatever women do, hey, guys, you better pay attention to what we talk about on the show because it's going to affect you. If it affects your spouse, your partner, your daughter, your mother, your grandmother, then it's going to affect you because we are just uh, intertwined. Hey, did you see where gay marriages made legal in Vermont? I, I think saw I think that. That's, yes, it's very cool. Amazing. I was surprised. And in Iowa, I mean, Barry said to me, Iowa? I mean, you think about Iowa, I do, not conservative, the heartland. It's great, but they passed uh, same-sex marriage, uh, legalizing same-sex marriage, which I think is is a great, a good thing. We're going in the right direction. Yeah, I love it. It reminds me, every time I hear stuff like this, I remember Maya Angelou's comment of, we're growing up, Larry, she was talking to Larry King, we're growing up. Yeah, you know what? She's right. We're growing up. We got a black president. Now we're going to have gay marriages. Hey, everybody in the United States is going to have equal rights. That's where we're headed, folks. That's a good thing. That is a good thing. It's about time. Yeah. Well, now speaking of that, of course we and you're the businesswoman. uh, This is this in New York City, and this was in the Associated Press. New York City looks to attract gay and lesbian tourists. You got to turn all this stuff into business. <laughs> That's the way it is. Uh, New York City officials are launching a marketing campaign to attract more gay and lesbian tourists. You see, uh, everybody has some financial stuff to offer as well. They, uh, That's funny, isn't that? Yeah, forty-seven million people visited the city last year. Generated thirty billion dollars in spending, which is not bad. That's amazing. And, yeah, gay and lesbians accounted for about ten percent of those figures. So they want to. Um, Want to highlight this, and uh, the campaign will highlight New York's reputation as a gay-friendly destination. That's great. I love it. That is great. Yeah, you gotta. gotta, gotta <laughs> somebody has to make you know, money you on think it. Think about these things as business, but they really do generate how people think about where they're going to go as a group. Exactly, because people go to different places based on if it's kid-friendly. Now, if exactly. I, I'm taking a trip, Lauren, and you know I take a lot of trips, right? I took, well, I was in New York City for four days uh, last week, and my kids were there doing all kinds of stuff. If it says kid-friendly, I don't go there. <laughs> I, I, I understand. I, do you understand that now? Now, maybe, uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe Amy Tiemann or wouldn't approve of that, but I doubt it because once I I used. Go to kid-friendly hotels and restaurants, but now I definitely do not want to go to kid-friendly hotels and restaurants. So I stay away from those where it says, you know, kid-friendly or... Family-friendly. Yeah. I am not kid-friendly or (laughs) family-friendly at this point. It's okay. That's okay. That doesn't sound so nice. That doesn't sound so nice. It sounds nasty. It does. (laughs) But it's true. Do I want to go in a restaurant and sit beside some kid? I've done that. I've been there. I don't. I want to go to a place where there aren't kids, where I can talk, where there's just... I. You know, a lot of adult stuff going on. Yeah, I don't want to do that. So <laughs> you and I probably couldn't go out for dinner anymore. You and baby. I. Who did you just say? Who? You I and who? You and I probably can't go out. Well, for Well, Sierra's pretty good at dinner, I'd say. She's a good little 
she's, she's dinner person. She's better at going out to dinner out than she is at home. Yeah, well, that's interesting. So she kind of rises to the occasion. But when I, I like to go out for dinner, we eat at 11 o'clock. Oh, no, I can't. I, I could not. I'd be sleeping in my soup. Yeah, well, well we went to theater. We saw, uh, i tell you something, and, all, you know, our listeners from New York City, take this into account. This is, like, terrible. Uh, we went to three shows. One show was the show that my son directed. There's a, there's a uh, theater called Ars Novo, which is in the city, and they cater to new young artists, uh, directors, writers, etc. Lucas Kavner, who is one of his, uh, actually one of the, the his the person who wrote the, the play, a friend of his, and asked Andrew to direct it. Uh, it was a show that was about an hour, an hour and a half show uh, in New York City. It was great. That Very, sounds great. Yeah, that was I didn't cool. know and he was directing now. Look yep. at him moving on up. Yeah, exactly. But then we went to see God of Carnage. They are taking all these Broadway shows now. The way they get people in to make money is to have these superstars as the leads in the shows, right? Uh-huh. However, the plays themselves are awful. I mean, they really suck. I mean, I, and, and I, this, they got a standing ovation, God of Carnage, it was uh, James Gandolfini, Jeff Daniels, um, great cast, uh, and a terrible script, I thought. I thought it was terrible. And everybody is like, because they're famous and because, just huh. because yeah, they just packed them in. Anyway, New York Times, Sunday, uh, arts section agreed with me that, um, you know, the show wasn't good and that they're just capitalizing on all these famous actors. And the tickets are really expensive, so I don't know. I don't know what you do about that, but... You don't go. You don't go, but you have to go to off-off-Broadway, I think, some of this stuff that has, like, really good work. Well, there's some really wonderful off-Broadway stuff. I haven't been in a lot years to New York now, but... um... There's some always great stuff, but if it's not good, you don't go. So why don't you come and visit me, and you can come to the city, and we'll go. And leave Sierra home, please. <laughs> I can get help. I'm good at getting help. I'm good at, you know, hiring the village. That's one of my, that was always one of my areas of expertise, so <laughs> it's not a problem. I'm actually traveling to Knoxville next week for a speaking engagement, so I'm not going to be going to New York anytime in the in the shortest, you know, in the next couple of weeks. That's so point. Knoxville? What's in Knoxville? I've never been, is it like, where I've is Tennessee? I've never been Tennessee? to Knoxville either. I'm going to be speaking for a, a women's, you know, luncheon, and they say 100 and 150 people will be there, so... It'll be oh. a, a quick luncheon. I'm flying in one night, flying out the next day after the lunch. Is Knoxville, are you going to, are these like real conservative ladies? Is that I what don't, you, you know, it's interesting. It seems like a mix so far because I know a couple, of, I, the reason I've been invited because I have a couple of people that, you know, are a big fish and they want to, they extended an invitation for me to come and we'll find out. Yeah, because I always think Tennessee, Arkansas, Alabama, which isn't fair, I kind of lump them all together and I think, really conservative. Well, I'm going to shake it up then, aren't I? Yes, you are. I mean, are they going to stone you? or are they? <laughs> I also hope not. We'll find out. I, you know, it's, I think a lot of times when I go to... I've been speaking at very conservative groups lately. I don't know what it is, but who knows. And I think, here's my interpretation, is even conservative groups are open to a new message. Wait, wait, you said you've been speaking to conservative groups you have found that the women are becoming more conservative? I mean, what makes you, like, when you give, when you're talking about Big Fish Nation, what I don't think that's a, Big Fish is not about, it's more about change in people, women in particular, getting out of the old box. It's not working for them. So to me, I'm really, it's a cutting-edge message to a conservative group of people. 
So what are these women saying that makes it? Because this is something we can ask uh, Amy Tiemann, I mean, Mojo Mom. Like, women are getting, I want to know how they're getting more conservative. Like, what? Well, I don't think that they're getting more conservative. I think the conservative women are saying we want more edgy topics to think about. Oh, conservative women are changing. They're more exactly. open to new ideas. I see. I got confused. Well, it's early in the morning on, you know. I you haven't had enough coffee yet. I haven't had enough coffee. Is why I was up half the night anyway watching Nick at Night because I had insomnia. So this is why I have, like, this brain fog. And so I get it now. All right, so you're saying that they are women who are traditionally more conservative are coming to your presentations and they're more open to new ideas in terms Definitely. of... Mothering, work, parenting, that kind of stuff? Everything. Every, that's what I'm finding. And, you know, my current book, that I'm speaking at these days on my, well, I'm not speaking on the new book yet, but I had already spoken to this group, and they loved my message from my first book so much that they asked me to come back. So I gave them, like, a preview to the new book. So they loved it. And this was a very conservative group of women. All right. Well, I want to carry that over because I think that's an important point. I mean, hey, hey we're getting them in here. I love it. Anyway, Lauren Beller Blake, Big Fish Nation, president of Catherine Zox, the Catherine Zox Show, and I'm your social worker with a microphone. And coming up next, don't go away because Lauren and I have to take a break right now, is Mojo Mom. And uh, this is Amy Tiemann. She's author of Mojo Mom, Nurturing Yourself While Raising a Family. You can go to her website, mojomom.com. We'll be back in a minute. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. If you want to put the pep back in your step, Chad Lafferty says just what you're looking for. Dance is life. Life is dance. It's only about dance. It's about moving through life with style, gaining awareness of the never-ending, ever-flowing movement that accompanies all of life's activities. Dance is life. Life is dance. Broadcast every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Radio Network. Be sure to tune in and tap into the limitless healing that dance can provide. Can't stop now. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. What are you going to do when that big emergency strikes? Do you know how to prepare? Do you know when? What if we provided you a source to learn from and plan as you go? Listen for The Road to Ready with your host, Rick Tobin. Rick will offer a weekly source of reliable information and resources. You'll hear about new ideas and innovation in emergency management. Best of all, you'll have the tools to get ready for any emergency in small bites each week. The Road to Ready is heard every Friday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time, the number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. 
listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Show. Glad you're joining us this morning here on East Coast, West Coast, 7 o'clock on the West Coast, early in the morning, but uh, 10 o'clock my time. Anyway, Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, the Catherine Zox Show, and now it's Voice America Variety, voiceamericavariety.com, folks, if you want to tune in. If you're not listening in real time, we archive the show. You can listen to it anytime. Lauren Beller-Blake, my co-host, and you can call us at 866-472-5787 if you want to talk to us. If you don't want to talk to us, just listen. And if you want to just listen, you can listen to Amy Tiemann because she is my guest today. She's author of Mojo Mom, Nurturing Yourself While Raising a Family. And Amy's been on the show before. She's the national spokesperson for Take Our Daughters and Sons to Work Day 2009 a member of the executive team of MomsRising.org, watch out, guys, an advocacy group with over 140,000 members that is adding over 1,000 new members each week. Um, Amy has her Ph.D. in neurosciences from Stanford University, and she's been on all the national networks and shows, and um, you can go to her website at MojoMom.com. Welcome, Amy. How are you this morning? I'm doing great, Catherine. Thanks for having me. Yeah, do you remember me from the last time? You've been on so many shows, you probably don't, but you were on one of my shows. Yeah, Greenstone, right? Greenstone Media. That's right. Yeah, when it was just exactly, it was Greenstone Media. It was just a strictly women's show. Uh, Lauren, uh, this is uh, Amy. I don't think you've, you weren't on the show then when, uh, were you? I think so. I, her, her information's familiar. Good to meet you. You too. <laughs> All right, so Mojo Mom, nurturing yourself while raising a family. That's not easy to do. Lauren and I have both done it or attempted to do it. She's kind of at the other end of the baby boomers. I'm at the, my kids are grown up now, but um, you kind of have updated the book. Is that it? This this is kind of a new version or you are? Yes, it, it just came out yesterday. I've com- completely revised, expanded, updated it for 2009 because, you know, our conversation about motherhood has really exploded over the past couple of years in a, in a really positive way, I think. And I wanted to capture that in my book as well as my blog on mojomom.com. So I'm just thrilled to have the opportunity to, you know, now the book feels like it's finished. It's the book I always imagined it could be. And how about, what is a mojo mom? I mean, there are women out there who still don't know mojo mom. What does that mean? Who is, what is a mojo mom? Yeah, well, you know, when I, when I felt like I was getting my mojo back, it felt like a new discovery. So I did deliberately come up with a new term. And a mojo mom is a woman who's willing to explore the process of figuring out what it would be like to put herself near the top of our priority list. Obviously, we're not always number one because life happens in our kids and caregiving, but I want to make sure women are really taking good care of themselves, doing things that are just for them, and not falling off our list of priorities altogether because that really happens and women can really lose themselves in motherhood in a way that's not healthy. Yeah, and I think it happens all the time. You know, we it's really difficult not to allow that to happen, I think, I mean, you know, you say, you ask the question or the essential question is, who am I now that I'm a mom? I always ask that question. And I, I also, you know, two master's degree, worked for 10 years, you know, I had all the credentials, and yet the day I became a mom, it's like, now, who am I? What am I going to do? And uh, I think that continues. I mean, I think this is why, you, obviously, your book is popular, because somehow that whole process of becoming a mom, it's like, it's... You kind of feel like you're, and you. This is one of the, I think, one of the main 
uh, themes in your in your book. How do you retain your sense of identity? That's really the key. I want to talk about that. Yeah, it's, it's difficult because especially if your identity is based on your working position, your working identity. You know, I was a teacher, and so I was Dr. Tiemann, and I taught 100 kids a day, and everyone knew me at school. It was so social and crowded, and I was up there teaching, you know, five classes a day. You know, then when I went home to be with my daughter, I was thrilled to have her and happy to be able to be a stay-at-home mom for a while. But it's like, wow, you know, if I'm not Dr. Tiemann anymore teaching those classes, and no one around me knows who I was or knows who I am other than the mother of this baby. It's like, well, who is Amy at this point? And, you know, I really went through a process of grappling with that question for quite a while. I have to say I lost my mojo, and (laughs) then I got it back. And after I turned that corner and got it back and really realized what the process was about, that's when I started writing the book, Mojo Mom. Yeah. All right, you said you got yours back. You were able to get your mojo back for whatever reason, you know, education, your own ability to, you know, health, you know, a healthy attitude, whatever it is. But there are a lot of women, and you mentioned them in the book, like some of the consequences of not getting your mojo back, of not being able to retain your identity. I mean, you mentioned, and I think this is a real issue, and it's growing, unfortunately, problem drinking. Women who begin to, with their home, they feel isolated. They start to, well, one of the things is have a couple drinks. You know, that. can you talk about that? Because it's... I mean, yeah, that's why it's so important to be able to do this, I guess is what I'm saying, because there are really bad consequences if you don't. Absolutely. You know, burnout is a really serious problem. It can have devastating consequences for a whole family. And then beyond burnout, you can really sort of start tuning out. You just want to numb yourself. It's just more comfortable to be numb, and that can lead to drinking and drug use. And, you know, I think women can sort of slide into that slowly without even realizing that's what's happening. And so I am very concerned about that, that, you know, losing your mojo, um, you know, it's it's not a frivolous thing. It's it's a serious life-threatening issue in some cases, and it's or family-threatening. You know, no one, no one, families can't be healthy if moms are unhealthy. Yeah, I think that's it. And Lauren, you always say that. Ma, I mean, I think that's one of your mantras, kind of, you know, if mom isn't healthy, then nobody's going to be healthy. It's yeah. true. I couldn't agree with you more, Amy. It's a, and I hate, I know that that's not what we all want to hear, but, you know, I do think that, I do think that it's important for us to take care of ourselves. I was speaking the other night um, to a women's, a group of women, a large group of women, and I had one mom in particular that came up to me at the end of the night, and she said, you know, I have three kids that were like five, six, and seven or something. And she says, I'm happy. She says, but I'm not really happy. And I just feel like I walk in the door and I just go about my day and I'm not. She just, she didn't have her mojo. You could really tell that she hasn't re-found who she is after this whole time of having kids. All right, so what keeps us from getting it back? Why can some women do it and other women can't? I mean, what's your experience, Amy? Because, you know, some women do it with ease, I think, and others, most probably fall somewhere in the middle. So what are some of the, what's, what's the stuff that gets in the way? You know, I think we're worried about being called selfish and, yeah. you know, self-centered. And I'm, I'm saying it's self-preservation, and it's, it's having a centered self. You have to get the confidence to know that, first of all, you deserve this as a person. You don't have to give up your entire life for your kids. And, and guess what? It's actually not healthy for the kids either. If you invest your whole being into the kids, that's a lot of pressure on them. So, you know, but I really do think we feel guilty about taking time for ourselves. We We just don't feel like we're worth it, and that's what I'm trying to combat against and get women talking to each other to realize that taking time for yourself is a very valuable priority. Yeah, 
if you're a caretaker, you have to have time out. You have to have a respite. And if you don't, then, uh, as you say, there are all these, there are dire, there really are, there are dire consequences. What about this? Are there, like, differences between women who become moms, say, at 25, and women who become moms, say, like Lauren, later in life, uh, at 40? Oh, that's such a great question. Or do you question. find it a difference? You know, all women are different, but, um, you know, I think women who, the women I knew the most were women like myself who were in their 30s, had professional identities, and became stay-at-home moms for a while, and I think we were at kind of at a danger of taking all that professional mojo and trying to put it into taking care of a baby, and that's just not a very good match. You know, that what you get out of a job and what you get out of caring for a baby are just are really different. Um, so the interesting thing is with, with older moms who, in their 40s who have kind of been there, done that in their career, I think for them they're almost more able to kind of step away from it and say, okay, I've done that now my time to really focus on being a mom. The women it's who almost like 20s, changing careers. You can say, okay, I've done yeah. this for 20 years. Now I'm changing careers. I've accomplished this already. So it's, it's a very different, uh, that's a good point. So it's, it's a different expectation. Yeah, it really does. It really has a lot to do with where you are in your life when you have a baby. And I think in your 20s, I think women in their 20s almost kind of just incorporate it all into their developing identity at once. I mean, you've done a lot of research for your book and, and now the second book and all. What's like the worst? What are some of the worst case scenarios like that you've come across? I mean, yeah, you know, I have been a stay at home mom. I will say it's easy to get push people's buttons when you talk about this, but what I worry about is women who invest so completely in motherhood that they forget who they are, they forget who they are in terms of their relationship with their their spouse, and you know those kids are going to grow up and move away. And if you look. At motherhood in your lifespan, it's a long time, but you know what? We're gonna. Most of us will have, you know, more of our life will be the period after our kids are grown up and gone than when the kids were in our in, at home. So I really worry that if women invest too, going too deeply into motherhood, how are they going to come out the other side as as individuals? They're not going to come out well. And I've got friends who are in that situation. They devoted themselves and they saw themselves as these, the, you know, this. this fabulous super mom, hypervigilant, all that with the kids. Uh, and then I know two cases where their husbands just left them because and I'm, and, and I wasn't, and I, I hope they're not listening, <laughs> but I'm not surprised because all the energy was invested in the children and, you know, it, and not in the husband and not our partner. And it's not surprising that after 20 years, 25 years, they're gone. Uh, the, the spouse, I'm talking about the husbands, because of just what you're saying, because there hasn't really been a, a, an emotional investment in their spouses. Yeah, and that's just such a tragedy to think that women are give, giving themselves away until there's nothing left, and and that's just not good for anybody. So I hope we're moving toward a new vision of motherhood that's a lot more integrated, that you can have your work life, you can have a lifelong view of your career. You know, I took three years off completely from the workforce, which is fairly long time, but I was able to reinvent myself, and I think, you know, having women take their careers into their own hands is um, one of the tools of the trade for Mojo Moms. Yeah, I agree with you, and I have, I I know somebody else I'm telling about all my friends and family, it's not really fair, but uh, this woman is a professional, she was, uh, I mean, still is, but, uh, uh, and I'm going to, a physician, now mom taking time off, but she, now she's talking baby talk, and I can't stand this either, and, and she sounds like an idiot, and it's like I want to shake her, I mean, is this the physician that I knew, and she's 
got her five-year-old, and she's uh, she sounds idiotic to me. How do you get away from that's not good either? I can't stand, you know, just sort of gave up her whole, I don't know, professional, um, well, besides the job, but also the way she interacts and relates to people. Yeah, I think it's so important to maintain your adult friendships, um, your professional contacts. I like to encourage women to, you know, have a business lunch a couple, once or twice a month with your business contacts where you get dressed up, you go out, you talk business. Even if you're a stay-at-home mom, talk current events, keep current in your field because, you know, with the economic crisis, I think we're going we to have to take a prepared. break. Can you come back after the break, Amy? Yes. Okay. Catherine Sox, Amy Teeman, Lauren Beller Blake, don't go away. We'll be back in a minute. The Catherine Sox Show, your social worker with a microphone. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Go inside the world of PR with PR Insider, hosted by public relations expert Maureen Kettis. Maureen will speak to the world's highest profile PR pros from the fields of marketing, advertising, and sales. And PR Insider will feature renowned members of the media as special guests. Maureen will give you a VIP access pass, including tips and tricks to take your business to the next level. PR Insider with Maureen Kettis, sponsored by Cision, us.cision.com. Listen every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Network. Is it really true that nearly half of all marriages end in divorce? Get the answers to this and other questions about relationships on Relationship Radio with Jim Duzak. The program's devoted to marriage, divorce, midlife dating, and men-women relationships in general. Jim and his guest experts will have plenty of information, insights, and advice for you, all as part of a lively and wide-ranging discussion about today's relationships. You can listen Friday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, for Relationship Radio with Jim Duzak on Voice America. Inside all of us lives a warrior. We win battles with our careers, our finances, our children, our pets. It's time that the warrior within wins the battles with our own being. Modern-day Renaissance man Ori Hoffmeckler dispels eating urban legends and fitness myths in Voice America Network's The Warrior Within, your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival. Ori sets the record straight and will help you become leaner and healthier for a lifetime. The Warrior Within broadcasts live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on The Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in for your guide to nutrition, energy, sex, and survival. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Listening to the Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll free number is 866 472 5788. That number again is 866 472 5788. We're back and thanks for joining us this morning uh, on the Catherine Zox Show, your social worker with a microphone here on VoiceAmericaVariety.com. Go to VoiceAmericaVariety.com. We've changed the name. And if you have any questions or you comments, whatever you want to say, you can call us at 866-472-5787. That's 
7, Catherine Zox with my co-host, Lauren Beller-Blake, and we're talking to Mojo Mom. Amy Tiemann, Ph.D., she is author of Mojo Mom, Nurturing Yourself While Raising a Family. Not an easy thing to do, but you can do it, ladies, and this is what we've been talking about, the three of us. You know, you, um, I think it was Amy, both of you actually said, um, there's a, women can change, and women are evolving, and they're able to be. They're at the point where they're able to be established or retain their own identities, be moms, and also balance that with uh, the professional women that they may have been or have. And you mentioned Amy going out and once a week. I think this is really good because people need practical stuff. Women need practical things to do. Get dressed up. Have a business lunch. Sounds so simple, but you know that makes a huge difference in terms of the way you feel about yourself. It really does, and it yeah. also encourages you to keep current on your, your field so that if you do have to turn on a short notice and go back to the workforce, you'll be more prepared, both with your contacts and with your knowledge. And don't you think, and you mentioned this in the book too, because of the Internet, you can do that. I mean, you may not be out there actually working or even working at home, but you can keep abreast of what is happening just by going on the Internet as well as, you say, having a, a business lunch once a week. Yeah, you can get so much information online, and I also um, download news podcasts onto my iPod and listen to it while I'm cleaning the house. So a <laughs> little insane on the multitasking, but it actually makes the cleaning a lot more fun, too. All right, we're talking about men. You know, Women are changing. Women are evolving in terms of motherhood and work and balance and all that stuff. But if you have a partner, and you may not, you may be a single mom, that's another a different kind of uh, mom situation, but let's say, let's start with moms who have daddies and partners. If women are going to change and evolve, how does that affect the men? Because you've got a chapter in the book, Daddies as Mojo Partners. What do they have to do? You know, I think fathers are so, they're such valuable contributors. And, you know, when I had, when I was a new mom with a little baby, I kind of felt like this mama bear thing where I wanted to do it all myself. It was almost primal and hormonal. But, um, you know, I'd say get the daddies involved as soon as possible. Make sure that they're fully qualified to do everything um, in terms of child care. One of my pet peeves is I will still hear women say, you know, oh, my husband's babysitting the kids while I'm out today. And it's like, no, it's not babysitting when it's your own kids. It's parenting. Exactly. Yeah. And they still say that, though, don't they? I mean, that's how they see it or how they perceive it. Yeah. And, you know, I think one really important thing is to really – learn to appreciate the fact that fathers do things differently. I think that moms, sometimes that kind of, we, we want to be in control of everything. We want everyone to do things our way when it comes to housework or raising the kids. But as I, as my, my daughter gets older, I really appreciate that my husband brings just a different style of leadership to the family. And, you know, it's almost better to have two styles to draw on instead of just one. You know, kind of go into good cop, bad cop mode when you need yeah, to. <laughs> I agree with you. I think that's true. I think that one thing that changes, too, I mean, you mentioned, do you have, you have, I have three. So the first one, I kind of fit into, like, what you were saying. I wanted it done my way, my schedule. You know, I was a lot more territorial. But by the time I got to the third, I didn't care who did it. <laughs> As long as it was a responsible adult, my expectations, I have to say this is true, uh, I got a lot more uh, lenient or I got a lot more, and I can't think of the word, but I, you know, I wasn't as so concerned about things being done my way. I just needed things to be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got more realistic. And I think with the first child, the problem is we have so many unrealistic expectations that we're not even 
aware of. And so I think a lot of times it's actually kind of that gap between our unrealistic expectations and reality. It's that gap that makes us miserable. Our reality is actually okay, but it's just not what we had planned for. What about the nursing thing? I never was able to, reserve, uh, to kind of resolve that because, like, with nursing, I, I, nursing and I wanted to be the super nurser, mm-hmm. and my husband couldn't be nursing, and I so that already puts you, you know, you and the baby kind of separate from your husband or partner because you're going to do the nursing thing, like, you know, full-time. So how do you reconcile that? Well, that's a great point. I think I think it's really natural for the first few weeks and months for, you know, that bond, that physical bond with mom, that is going to tilt things in mom's direction. The key is to not let it keep tilting more and more and more. It's to really be conscious about bringing in daddy, you know, maybe pumping milk and, and teaching the baby to take milk, you know, even if it's breast milk from a bottle given by daddy or a babysitter. Um, just find ways for him to be involved as much as possible. Um, and I know breastfeeding is a, a big issue, and I think it's, I hope women don't, Whatever happens, I hope women don't beat themselves up about it, whether or not they nurse, because, you know, the last thing we need to do is feel guilty about that. I think that's a big source of mom guilt, which is one of the other things I'm trying to work on getting women to feel better about. Yeah, that whole guilt thing, you do. You would, Why do we feel guilty about everything? I mean, not just the nursing, but somehow that whole, let's talk about that, that mom guilt. What, what, I mean, because you, you have a, I think you have a chapter on that, too, as well. I do, I do. I think... You know, somehow mom guilt gets bundled up in the whole package. Um, so don't feel guilty for get feeling guilty. That's actually not going to help. But <laughs> I think we have such high expectations and such high standards, you know, especially if you think about women who are really in control of their lives, of their professional careers. We want to be like that at home, but motherhood just doesn't work out that way. So we constantly feel like we're falling short of the mark, even when we're doing a great job. Yeah, I think the whole thing about you're not able to, you can't plan things. And I think it, particularly women who have been successful business people or been out working or teachers or whatever, they, you know, they, but they've been in the working world where you can, there's some degree of being able to, to, you can plan things. You plan your day, you plan your meetings. You can't do that when you have a, a baby. I think that's the biggest thing. You, cannot, you can't plan when they are up all night or they're sick or uh, just all kinds of things happen that are so unexpected. And I think that, for me, that was really difficult. That exhausted me until I got used to it. I had to get into the flow of, you know, I can't, I can't make, I, I, there's no schedule. There's no real schedule that I can stick to with the baby or with two kids or even, or three kids. Yeah, you can make your plans, but have to be prepared to change them at any time. And I eventually felt like my daughter was like this Zen master or something like Yoda, you know, this spiritual teacher who's like, aha, just when you think you know what's going to happen, I'm going to shake it up and... See how well you flow with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, yes. I think. How old is your daughter now? She's nine and a half now, so we're getting into the tween years. And it actually helped to go back and write the book with that perspective of being able to see a little farther down the road. Yeah, tween years, and that, is that a, that's kind of in middle school, getting into that middle school. That's a difficult. That's a challenge. That's a different kind of a challenge. And each stage is a different challenge for moms. Um, you know, the baby stage, probably the elementary school, the not, eight, you know, six to eight, six to nine, is probably the easiest. I think. Um, I, I don't know what your experience has been, but uh, they're in school all day, and uh, they're 
uh, in activities, and, you know, that's the time I think when a lot of moms do go back to work. Yes, it definitely seems like just when you have one stage figured out, they they grow into a new stage. And I thought the tween stage was this thing that was just made up by marketers trying to sell to 9-year-old and 10-year-old girls, but much to my surprise, I think it's actually a real stage of development. You can kind of see what they're going to be like when they're teenagers. All right, so what's your challenge, your personal challenge with your daughter, your 9-year-old daughter? Oh, boy, good question. She's very strong-willed, so I have to decide which, what my points are going to be that I'm not going to budge on and then uh, be willing to weather the storm that she throws at me when she's unhappy with it. Give us like three different examples because people like, ladies like to hear examples. They're sitting there, yes. they've got a tween daughter, 9, 10, 11, even getting into 12. Uh, what are some of the issues and some that you have, you know, you say, well, okay, I'm just I'm going to let it go or I'm not going to let it go? Well, the, the two right now are, one, she's studying piano, and she likes it sometimes, she hates it other times, and she begs to quit on a regular basis. And I don't want her to quit, but I don't want her to, to force her to do it either. So we're, we're trying to figure out what's reasonable in terms of expectations. And, you know, she's, she'll, she'll kind of try and weasel out of it as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> so. in, in other words, what's your expectation? Is it really, you know, you want her to be a good pianist or does she, or she has, doesn't have any talent, she's not going to be, and is she wasting her time and she could put that energy into something else? Well, and she, has, and she definitely has talent, and I think there's a lesson in also sticking with it. She's played for two years, so we don't want her to just say, like, one week, I'm just going to quit, I don't want to do this anymore, because, you know, we want her to, to realize it takes a long time to learn something and that you don't quit when it gets hard. You, you want to work through that and get through to a more, you know, hopefully it'll be rewarding at some point. Yeah, I think that that's a, that's really that's like really a key, I guess, question that I think parents have to deal with, moms and dads. I mean, I I'm glad, I'll just share an example that my youngest son, I had, he started swimming and he was swimming when he was in elementary school and middle school, and he had three or four years of of swimming, and he was a good little swimmer. And then one night he had a breakdown as I was taking him to uh, swimming practice because he was tired and he was exhausted, and he said, I'm never going, I'm, I'm, well, he wouldn't get out of the car. So I literally pushed him out of the car. Mm. <laughs> we're going to go. He was crying. I said, I don't care. You're going to go in there and you're going to swim. Because I could see that he had talent, and I could, didn't want him to quit just because he, you know, had a bad day or a bad week. Bottom line, he ended up being captain of the swim team in high school. It was the best thing he ever did. Wow. But I had to weigh that with, is he a good swimmer? You know, or am I just kind of pushing him into something that he can't do? But Literally. Yeah, I did. I pushed it, and he still talks about it. I, I mean, that's one of our family, you know, here, mom, she pushed me out of the, I mean, really, I did. I said, you have to go in there and you have to swim. And we'll talk about it when you're in better, you know, when you're feeling better about yourself, whether or not you don't want to do it anymore. And he did. But And we had a history of, you know, six months of karate and then quitting, yep. two weeks of swim team quitting, two months of soccer quitting. So finally yep. we said, you know, you just have to, we need you to have the experience of sticking with something for a, a while, and just seeing what that's like. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? This is what I did. This is I and then I just I didn't like I don't I didn't karate and soccer I wasn't interested in so I didn't care if they didn't want to do that. I kind of picked the sports that I liked, which mm-hmm. works for moms too. This is another thing. We got we only have a minute to go, but if you pick something that you like to do and that they're good at, it works like swimming. Oh, we have to <laughs> 
We'll be back in a minute. I don't know. We can finish up if Amy can stay or not. Catherine Sox, Amy Tiemann, author of Mojo Mom, Nurturing Yourself While Raising a Family, and Lauren Beller-Blake, The Catherine Sox Show. We'll be back in a minute. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. Total career success. What does it mean to you? Voice America presents a radio program dedicated to help you achieve your career goal. Even in times of economic uncertainty, you can achieve your financial goals. Whether you're a college grad, new in the working environment, or a top-level executive, you will benefit from the practical and proven advice on job search and career advancement. Join Ken and Cheryl Dawson every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, for Total Career Success on Voice America. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Want to have behind-the-scenes access to some of the greatest minds of today? On Shift in Action, we feature leading-edge innovators who are building a more conscious, sustainable, and healthy culture. Host Stephen Dynan offers live shows with evolutionary leaders such as Deepak Chopra, Van Jones, and others who are creating new paradigms for conscious living. You can keep your finger on the pulse of the latest frontier work with our weekly transmission of inspired wisdom on Shift in Action, broadcast live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. We're back. Catherine Sox Show, your social worker with a microphone. I'm Catherine Sox and my co-host, Lauren Deller-Blake, and we're talking to Amy Tiemann, Ph.D., author of Mojo Mom, Nurturing Yourself While Raising a Family, and you can go to her website, mojomom.com. Lots of good stuff on there, blogs, podcasts. Uh, all kinds of things, a very interactive kind of website. What is Mojo? If you're just joining us, well, you missed a good show, but Mommy Mojo is the feeling you get when you are at the top of your game, juggling the many facets of your life, and this is coming from uh, Amy's website, making sure that your own needs are included in your family's priorities. And maybe this fits into what we were talking about, Amy, because I let my own needs kind of govern how I directed my kids. We were talking about activities, and you said your daughter's taking piano lessons. She wants to quit. Do you make her stay? Or, you know, you've got to, you can't quit every time you don't like something, but you don't want to force something on somebody, uh, on your kids, and they hate it, and they're going to hate you for it afterwards. I got them involved in activities that I liked to do and that they were good at, and that was okay. I didn't like karate and 
and soccer, and so when they wanted to quit that, fine. But skiing and swimming and those lifelong activities, things you could do for the rest of your life, and one of them was a musician, um, I encouraged, and that worked out well because I could ski with them. I like skiing. I could swim with them. I think that's one way of kind of nurturing yourself and also encouraging your children to be accomplished. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, that's fantastic advice. I love that. It's you know, it's looking for that win-win, something that's good for the kids and good for you. And and you know, I remember. I watched my daughter doing swim lessons for about a month, and then I was like, wait, why am I sitting here on the side of the pool? Why don't I at least swim laps while she's, you know, in this lesson? So I think you're on to some really good points, including the fact that, you know, if an activity is really important to you, um, you can do it either in addition to your kids doing it or or instead of your kids doing it. Exactly. And it, it, and it can be a family thing. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can do with that. Uh, yeah, so... And that's what I. That's what we did. And actually, the skiing became the family family sport. And I like to do acting and theater, so I got my youngest son uh, involved in acting, and we did shows together. Oh, how fun! That's and funny. that was fun, right? So yeah. I was doing what I like to do, not getting paid for it, but I was, you know, I was with him, and we were. There was just a lot of things to do in our community at the time, and uh, so we did it together. And you kind of have to just be creative about that kind of stuff. Exactly. To always look for that dual win-win. Yeah, and get your husband involved as well. What about single moms? We haven't spent much time on that. Um, how do they fit into this picture? Because it's a different scenario. Well, all moms need a support network, and I think for single moms, they just need to be even more conscious about creating you know, friendships that will help serve as family ties. I mean, every mom, I think, needs to think about who's on my speed dial? You know, if my car broke down on the way to school pickup or if I got sick and had to go to the hospital in the middle of the night, who would I call? And then you go about, you you meet other families, you make friends with your neighbors. You know, even if, no matter how close you are to your own family family, you need to make sure there are people in your neighborhood down the street that are ready to help you. And you can start by offering to help them. If you feel kind of nervous about asking for help, you can start by offering help. So what do you do about this? I had a problem with this. I don't think I ever resolved it. This is for Amy and Lauren. I, when I, when the kids were younger, and you spend a lot of time with other moms and because their kids are friends with your kids or they do the same activities, but sometimes I would not have these women as my friends if I didn't, weren't connected through the kids. So I had to spend a lot of time with other women that I really didn't want to spend time with because I didn't choose them as friends. They were kind of part of this whole kids, you know, my kids and their kids kind of thing. How do you, I never resolve that. That's a tough one. You're going to, I think, need to deal with those moms, but then, you know, you need to be friendly with them, even if you're not great friends, but you need to also go out and find some women who are, you feel that personal connection with. What do you think, Lauren? I think so, too. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Yeah, I had to put you on mute because I was sneezing. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) I... I I find it interesting, and when I first said Sierra, I found that I was interacting a lot with, you know, naturally there was like these mom's groups, and it always ended up being, you know, being 40 and having a child was different. It always ended up being much younger. So I ended up starting, and we've talked about this, Catherine, I ended up starting my own meetup group that was geared just to women that were having kids after the age of 35, and I can't tell you, they're like my closest friends here in Austin now. I've met a number of people, and we have, you know, Easter dinner together, and it's great. 
Yeah, so we, and we pick and choose. It's not like I meet every all the whole group all the time, but we've met. I've met some really great women that we have a lot in common, and um, we have kids the same age. It's yeah, two years ago I started a Mojo Mom Advisory Circle because I needed sort of a board of advisors. But I thought, well, I don't need ten people talking about me all the time. I, I picked women who were entrepreneurs, and we do a roundtable discussion. And I'm actually just about to add a. A, a new addition to the Mojo Mom Party Kit on MojoMom.com that will teach women how to form their own Mojo Mom advisory circles. So, so there are create yeah. So you guys, I mean, there are definite specific and creative ways of getting around that, which I didn't do. And I th- I also think the added piece that you said, Amy, I keep coming back to that. Have that meeting once a week with pe- with a, a, a business meeting, even if you're not working. That's mm-hmm. another piece so that you're with women who have the same interests as you have. Because um, I really got too caught up in that with having to spend time with other women that I really didn't want to spend time with. So I was happy. This was a but this was a plus because by the time they you're talking about the middle school thing, uh, then you didn't have to do it as much. Cause <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to go to those play groups and the play days. Oh, it just wasn't who I am, and I did feel guilty. Which you know that I had that guilt. I should. I want to do it. And then if they invited me to things because uh, I was so popular, and I'd say no, then they didn't <laughs> like me, and I didn't want them not to like my kids. And so there's a whole lot of stuff that comes from that, right? Yes, the art of politics learned right there in the playground exactly. in the park, yeah. <laughs> parking lot. Yeah, and I don't think the fa- see fathers, and I may be wrong, I don't think they have that problem, do they? I think they're able to kind of have a social network that's totally oblivious to the kid thing in most cases. I agree with that, and uh, although it's different, I think if and we've had someone on the show, Catherine, that stay at home dads. Now they're going to have a little bit more of that. But you know, we, I don't, you're right. I think generally men don't have that issue at all. Now they um, did you see? This is kind of off topic, but did you see the uh, the man who had a baby? Yes, I think he's pregnant again. Yes, I think it's a different man. It is. There's another man who's pregnant. As if, as if life wasn't confusing enough already. I know, <laughs> I know but now he's now the men are going to understand how we feel and you know what the issues are and having babies. Do we cover because we only got a couple minutes left? But we're talking about the single mom. We're talking about moms. There are different women find themselves in different kinds of situations, um, and and you do talk about the different kinds of situations, different for women in the book. I, I just want to address some of those because um, you know there are a lot of single moms out there and. Um, it's very different, I think, if you're a single mom or whether you have a partner or somebody to share all this stuff with. Definitely. And, you know, I think we also need to realize that caregiving, we're going to, we need to find a way to integrate it with life no matter what our situation because what I'm facing now is my parents are retiring and getting older and they're divorced, so I have these two separate households and all of a sudden I'm spending as much time worrying about them as I am kind of caring for my child. And so, boy, this is an issue we just need to come to terms with because even when our kids grow up, we're still going to have caregiving issues to face. Absolutely, and my kids fall into your category because I'm divorced, and it's the same thing, and it carries on, and they have all these issues. If You know, the holiday stuff, and, and I mean, it, go, it really continues throughout your life. It doesn't end, so you do have to incorporate it into whatever your lifestyle is. Anyway, one minute. And we have to say goodbye. It's been great having you on the show. Mojo Mom, Amy Tiemann, 
She's author of Mojo Mom, Nurturing Yourself While Raising a Family. Go to her website, mojomom.com, all kinds of stuff. She has a blog. She has podcasts. Uh, uh, it's an interactive website, and uh, you can tune in every day. And thanks for being on the show, Amy. Thank you so much. We're going to be, well, we'll see you next week. Lauren Deller-Blake, Catherine Sox, your social worker with a microphone. We have to say goodbye. Have a good week. hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Catherine Zox Show. You can listen live every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America channel. Want to know more about Catherine? Visit her website at www.catherinezox.com. Be sure to join us next week for more interviews and great conversations with Catherine Zox.